0: Welcome to Asset Management Group's Private Client-Only Podcast with Andrew Nida and
1: Mo Param. It's Andrew, Moise Param here, Asset Management Group. So glad you guys are doing well, and I hope you had an amazing weekend. I can personally say it's a great way to start the week because I woke up and today was my birthday. Happy birthday. I appreciate it, brother. brother. Yeah, ma'am. How are you? keeps going. You're not allowed to ask that question. I know Remember, the answer to it, but some people you're not, in the audience may not are not allowed to ask <laughs> age-related questions on a podcast for our clients. No, uh, I am uh, 37 today. There you go, 37 years yeah, old. Yeah, 37 years old, and uh, keep pushing, man. Got up and worked out today, this okay, morning, 4 a.m., so at least I can say I've worked out at least one time. While I was 37. thirty-seven years old, got that off the list. That's it. Yeah, Check checked it, it off. It off. Done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to move forward. No, uh, listen, we are so excited, man. Last week, big week, and we wrapped up the transition with Charles Schwab. Obviously, got some small things our team's been grinding through, working on. Uh, you know, a small minor request that you guys have just connection between, uh, you know, house household accounts husband, wife, having the viewing capabilities of both accounts, things like that, Um, checking beneficiaries, updating emails, all that good stuff. But hey, one thing that we wanted to throw out there real quick is a a quick discussion on the Schwab platform real quick for a second because there's a lot of things that you guys can do that previously we didn't have that flexibility to offer on TD Ameritrade system. And one thing that I would just throw out there real quick is Log into Charles Schwab, Schwab Alliance. Obviously, view your accounts. Most of you already have. But um, right there, when you log in on the right hand side, you're going to see some quick link options. One of those actually gives you the ability to link accounts between you and another individual, such as a spouse, partner, whatever that might look like. Okay. Um, so, for some of you guys, matter of fact, Mo, we really should maybe just do a quick video on this because. Um, it would help you guys get this thing processed a little bit quicker so that everything's linked together. I went ahead and did it for Amy and I, and it's a, uh, it's, it's a pretty smooth and easy process to do. It kind of walks you through it about two steps, verify your information and then put in the individual's information that you're trying to give access to. They get a email accepting. Once they accept it, they verify the account and then bam, it's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can also link other accounts from different institutions which is different than you could do at a TD Ameritrade. Um, You could pay bills, schedule automated payments right from your account. Obviously, depending on the account, you can't do it from your IRA. But if you have a non-qualified brokerage account, you can Mm -hmm. do that. You can deposit checks right into your Schwab account. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, activity um, that you you can do now, you have access to that you didn't have before. So, yeah, if you haven't had the chance to go into your Schwab uh, uh,
1: account, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Categorizing too is one thing that I really like. So you can organize basically your viewing. So if you do link other accounts, I went ahead and linked Amy and I and my 401k. So our 401ks are linked into Charles Schwab. Uh, We linked in some other held away accounts as well. And of course, our accounts that are managed at asset management group. And so what you have the ability to do is basically categorize or group, if you will, the accounts with certain titles, so that you can, hey, just do better tracking. You know, yeah. here's the accounts that I have managed at Asset Management Group. Here's the trading account that I'm trading. Here's my employer sponsored account. You can have all those linked in right there under one view. So, love, absolutely love this new Schwab online platform and and I think it's so much more user friendly uh, than what the experience was there at TD Ameritrade. So, thankful we're here. Once again, still working through some of the kinks, but uh, keep us posted if you have any issues on your end. Uh, And then one more uh, major like homekeeping item I want to throw out there real quick is uh, some reviews that are coming down the pipeline. So literally today, we are sending and starting uh, our uh, basically request for scheduling for you guys. Do us a favor. Communicate quickly with our team. We're going to be sending out uh, an invite via email as well as text. Okay. And so, all we ask is that you communicate quickly, so that we can very smoothly get our scheduled, uh, get our schedule planned out for you know Q three and Q four in regards to client reviews. So let us know dates that work well with you, and then uh, we will make sure we get you guys on the calendar, get you scheduled in the office, or if we're going to do it via Zoom as well, we can do that. All right. Anything else on homekeeping items? Uh, no.
0: Do we? Um, we did introduce Tanya last week, right? Did we? We did, but we
1: we haven't sent the video yeah, out. Yeah. So Tanya.
0: Uh, again, Tanya, she's uh, coming into her second week here with Asset Management Group. Some of you have spoken to her already, but uh, she will be sending out a video later on this week, just introducing herself. And uh, if you get a chance to speak with her, just uh, you know, give her uh, some patience. She's learning, you know, uh, but she's been a great asset to us for uh, even though she's just been here for a week, but she's definitely uh, have picked it up and. Uh, and yeah, so if you get a chance to speak with her, just uh, introduce, she's going she's gonna to introduce herself to you. And uh, yeah, we're welcome
1: to have Tanya on the board. That's right. So glad we got her a part of our team. And as so we continue to grow and just get better. But you know what time it is, Mo? It's it time for the Market Minute. It's time for the Bull <clears> throat> Bear throat> Market Minute. I'm never ever gonna not smile and laugh <laughs> <laughs> when I hear that. Oh, uh, yeah, that it. bull. Anyway, yes, market minute. Listen, with a shortened holiday week, uh, of course, and the beginning of September, you know, it's uh, obviously we're already off to an interesting start, right? We just basically resumed the selling in both stocks and bonds as yields, you know, moved up near the August highs. Uh, for those tracking the ten-year Treasury, the level. Is four point three percent. That's crazy, which has resulted in you know at, at least from our perspective, major stock indices, you know, kind of falling back to that fifty-day moving average, which we mentioned on last week's show. Uh, the S and P five hundred found support though in August at that forty-three fifty level, and you know, I think many, I would say, kind of expect at that level to be tested again. Right. You know, we'll see what happens. Um,
0: yeah, it, it fell below its 500 moving day average last week.
1: Oh, right. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, you know, S&P lost about 1.3%. I think Dow lost 0. 0.7, NASDAQ
1: almost 2%. So it was a really rough. Even though it was a short week, it was a really rough week in the markets. Yeah, right. But, you know, we just continued to kind of keep an eye on it. Some, i tell you an interesting read that I had, too, about this was um, kind of going back through that August jobs report. And just listen to this. Very shocking to me. So basically the title is, and let me just have it here, okay? The August jobs report will likely perpetuate additional right tail risk in the U.S. equity market. There's two things here that came out. Job report and cash on household balances for active employees. Private sector we know of employment accelerated 2.3% on a three-month annualized average hourly earnings decelerated, okay, average weekly hours accelerated, the highest reading since March, and private sector labor income, the broadest measure of wages ultimately in salaries in the labor market accelerated 6.2%. Now, obviously that's interesting, but how that plays a part of cash and supports this whole concept of a resilient U.S. economy. All right? Now, listen, we are at near record cash on household balance sheets mm. right now. That's surprising. That is surprising. That's that's a
0: very – I would have never thought that.
1: I, I would not have either. I mean, listen to this. The household sector, the household, maintains 3% of total assets, $4.5 trillion in checkable deposits, approximately $3 trillion more than pre-COVID values. Yeah, that's pretty significant. The corporate sector checkable deposits also sits around 3%. Now, listen to this, and I believe this to be very true. Including money market fund exposure, we're currently witnessing the highest level of cash on the private sector balance sheets as a percentage of total assets since the year of 1950.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, we, we've been in this. We've been in a in a world of last few years with a lot of instability, especially on the corporate side. You know, having cash on hand makes you know allows corporations to be a little more flexible. You know, when it comes to whether it is uh, bringing new staff, if it means um, developing more uh, products, if it means just kind of weathering the storm for. You know, for higher interest rates or whatever it may be, so having cash on hand right now for a corporation makes
1: uh, makes much sense. Yeah, it does. And you know, as we all would promote the concept of also holding a lot of cash on hand as a as a household, you know, I think their their view in the private world, um, leaders of corporate corporations, business owners, entrepreneurs, having the the mindset of being put in a position where they can take advantage of the unpredictability of the future economy. Um, I think that's, that supports this whole concept of increased liquidity and increased cash, plus, you know.
0: Plus that new, uh, you know, that new f- uh, 15% corporate minimum tax
1: from the, uh, sorry, you c- can you hear
0: me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, some companies now are gonna have this new 15% corporate minimum tax right. based off of Biden's, IR. I call it the IRA Act. You know, so that's another reason why uh, companies are having more cash on hand you know they it's projected to be more than 200 billion dollars uh and in, in new taxes
1: over the next decade that's convenient that's very convenient yeah got to play this tax game in the best way uh possible sometimes it feels like uh well i can't say what came to my mind say on it. a podcast crapshoot. <laughs> but uh anyway yeah you know so just some a little bit of information on the week obviously last week was a bit tough but uh you know, once again, week to week, you just keep pushing and, and keep the fundamentals together. No major changes in our models last week. No. Um, so we're, we're pretty pleased with where we sit right now in regards to allocation. And then, of course, the recipes that we're blending together for your management. So uh, we look uh, look and feel very solid uh, in regards to where we sit allocated wise across sectors, strategies, and the use of different types of investments as well. Um You know, I was thinking about just a topic over the weekend that we could discuss quickly on today's podcast. And the one that came to mind is something that we don't talk about very often. Truth be told, one that we really should talk about more frequent is just, you know, and and it's not suited for most retirees at this point, but definitely for our clients that are still, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, and that's life insurance. Okay, You know, um, Life insurance, we've we've always kind of held the concept here very similar to Dave Ramsey, buy term, invest the difference, Um, and and basically insuring the the future risk or the concern of a predeceased passing, uh, you know, early in life, right, right? or you know, at least before you're through your earning potential years. Um, And so, you know, I think it's something that we always got to keep in the back of our mind. You know, unfortunately, we all know someone that we've lost. And we all have stories of someone that we lost, you know, prematurely, at least from our perspective on this side of the world. And, you know, and, you know, we look back and we say, hey, man, you know, that the impact financially on a household on top of the emotional impact is dramatic. And it's something that we really we should be talking about.
0: Yeah. You know, the mortality is is something that no one ever wants to talk about, but Having the life insurance in place, in the, the correct amount of life insurance in place, is a game changer. You know, my my father passed away when I was three years old, and so you know my, my mother was twenty nine, and so you know with two kids, new country that she moved, you know she you know immigrated to to uh, to the U.S., and now her husband is gone, yeah, you know, with two kids. So her, the life insurance was able to allow my mother to you know continue living. Uh, pushed us through private school, and you know she still had some left over for college. So it was a it was the right amount of life insurance. Um, obviously, everybody wants more, right? When that time happens, you always want more, but you want to make sure that you have the right amount. And uh, yeah, even though even even you know it, it's it's one of those things that you can you can you just want to make sure that it's not something that you just don't skip over as you're doing your financial plan. Right, even mm-hmm. if uh, if and we admit it too, we don't bring it up as often as we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whether it is finding it through your employer, or you know coming to us and saying, "Hey, uh, I want to review my life insurance, uh, make sure we have the adamant amount," and uh, we'll make sure that we, we we continue putting that into our f- front of mind when we're speaking with you, doing our reviews.
1: Yeah, and I would say don't get over con- uh, over confident with the coverage provided from your employer cuz typically that's only contingent on your employment. It's better than right? nothing, but it's better than nothing and like it's very it. inexpensive for the season very but expensive. but the problem is is it leaves you most often uninsured once um, you leave once you leave or, right. right you have a, a status change there. I would, you know, I would highly recommend just kind of some tips on how to think about insurance and how to make sure ensure that you have enough coverage is start with, you know, just your earnings potential. What's your human life value? Okay, so look at look at your current earnings potential and and how long will you continue to work and earn at that level or more, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so you look at like, for instance, my situation, my wife is predominantly a homemaker, okay? So she's not bringing in, you know, a strong amount of income to support the household needs financially. And so as a result, I look at my income, what I currently make, scaled over the next however many years I intend on making it right. Lord willing. And, and look at that from, from, you know, a, kind of a place to start yeah. because the reality is, is you, you never want to it, it, please don't have this mentality. Um, but the whole I'm not here is not really worried about it type of mentality is completely wrong. I hate it. And, and, the, I hate that and mentality. then, and then the, kind of the, the cover up there is though, would be something like this. Well, my wife's going to get enough or my husband's going to get enough money to pay off the house. What does that do? Well, you're going to eliminate one small debt. Right. Right? No, you. the goal is not to make someone wealthy necessarily by your passing, but it's for sure to try to prevent a major lifestyle change, mm-hmm. okay? And, and that goes for anybody at any age, right? As well as retirement. But obviously, pre-retirement, you can solve for that type of concern with health and with life insurance. Now, another thing to consider is life insurance during specific seasons, laddering life insurance policies. Now, what what I have done personally for my own household is, you know, I look at my situation, I say, okay, I got three boys. You know, there's obviously a greater need over the next, you know, through college years, if you will, that we that we may need more cash up front. So we, we did a policy dedicated for that season. And then we brought in another policy that's going to last up until retirement age, which would cover my earnings potential. And then, of course, you know, as long as I do my job, as Dave Ramsey recommends as well with this whole concept of buy term, invest the difference, as long as I invest the difference and continue to save, we wouldn't need life insurance. Uh, unless it was just you know some item that I wanted to add to the estate as an overall legacy play, which there's some fight for that as well. Uh, but in regards to just covering the loss of a loved one, And the value that that loved one brings into the household from a financial perspective, we're looking at insurance, slim down, get rid of all the little add-ons and just how much do I need if I was to lose this person in my life that's so valuable to the financial well-being of us continuing to be successful. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's other ways of looking at it. You know, if you think about life insurance, that transaction, that payment is a tax-free payment. So, you know, uh, I remember early on in my career, one way I would position life insurance uh, to some of our clients was, you know, if we could, because I have a personal experience with it, uh, you know, if we could use that life insurance and even if we were to put it somewhere very safe, very or where we can get, you know, 3 to 4%, for instance, how much income can that principal spin off to let that life insurance last for a while? Mm-hmm. So, like for example, if you had a million dollars, four percent on a million is what forty grand. Mm-hmm. So, if you were able to get forty grand a year generating from that life insurance policy from that principle of a million, is that doable for your family lifestyle? Now. Mm-hmm you know you just multiply the the numbers by what your current lifestyle is right so if you needed 2 million then that's 80,000 3 million is 120,000 mm-hmm. but if you if you think about it that way how can we let this life insurance or this or this asset that has come to you tax free uh, last us much longer than just p- kind of just paying off the bills right so there's multiple ways of of, of, of doing it mm-hmm. i love the laddering approach because as life changes some of these insurance policies just start to drop off frees up more cash flow um, I love the, the 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 strategy as mentioned before because you can use this you can use this, in, you can use this um, life insurance to have more income in the time being but either way uh, either way you look at it you can just see that it is a vital part of one's overall financial plan whether you're you know you're just starting off in your career and you're 30 35 well you shouldn't be just starting off 30, 35 but if you're younger in your career at 3035 35, mm-hmm. Or if you're in a tail end, you know, call it 5560, there's there's a place for you to always just review just to making sure that if you are no longer here and there is someone or, or others that are reliant and dependent on you, mm-hmm. you business owners out there, if you pass
1: away, is your business sat, secure mm-hmm. if you're gone? Do you and, have a buy-sell agreement? Do you have a buy Do you have the legal documentation yeah. to help support that acquisition? Yeah, huge. One day I'll give you guys my uh, personal situation and story there with my father passing, but life insurance is just that, you know, I, I remember, I remember as a young kid when my dad was, you know, he's, he's been in this industry for, for quite some time. He was in the industry for over 30 years. And I remember going to his office and he would like give me his little lesson on finance, right. And planning. And he would literally draw a house and then draw a moat around the house. And he would say, you know, obviously all of your liquidity, all of your assets, all of your wealth, your portfolio, etc., is the creation of this, you know, quote unquote castle, this house, if you mm-hmm. will. But it's all it all can be taken away without a without a a well-built moat. Mm-hmm. And this moat is essentially things such as life insurance, long-term care insurance. Auto insurance, you know, the things that are there to protect ultimately what you're trying to build. Where people make a mistake oftentimes is they overweight the creation of the moat to the extent that they can't afford to build the house, which is very problematic. All right. Right. So, but but there is a balance. You do need both. And you want to protect what you've built, you want to protect your estate. And one of those ways is is life insurance there. So throw it out there. You guys, listen, because we're a fiduciary firm, you're always in safe hands to ask the question, do I need it without a bias response? We're always going to be able to quantify whether or not you need it, how much you need from our perspective, understanding your plan and what would be a good solution for it. So with that said, that's a wrap, right? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Well, listen, um, I would like to say I'm taking off the rest of the day for my birthday, but without you guys knowing, I took a date day with my wife Friday who went to the yellow daisy festival. I hope I didn't lose any man points on that one, but anyway, Hey, you guys have a fabulous week. We love you all. Let us know if you need anything, expect the emails on scheduling, and uh, we will see you next week.